Please turn with me in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 18. Revelation 18. Revelation 18, verse 1. After these things I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illumined with his glory. And he cried out with a mighty voice, saying, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great, and she has become a dwelling place of demons, and a prison of every unclean spirit, and a prison of every unclean and hateful bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the passion of her immorality, and the kings of the earth have committed acts of immorality with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich by the wealth of her sensuality. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that you may not participate in her sins, and that you may not receive of her plagues. For her sins have piled up as high as heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Pay her back even as she has paid, and give back to her double according to her deeds. In the cup which she has mixed, mix twice as much for her. To the degree that she glorified herself and lived sensuously, to the same degree give her torment and mourning. For she says in her heart, I sit as queen, and I am not a widow, and will never see mourning. For this reason, in one day her plagues will come, pestilence and mourning and famine, and she will be burned up with fire. For the Lord God, who judges her, is strong. And the kings of the earth, who committed acts of immorality and lived sensually, sensuously with her, will weep and lament over her when they see the smoke of her burning, standing at a distance because of the fear of her torment, saying, Woe, woe, the great city, Babylon the, the strong city, for in one hour your judgment has come. And the merchants of the earth weep and mourn over her, because no one buys their cargoes any more, cargoes of gold and silver and precious stones and pearls and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet and every kind of citron wood and every article of ivory and every article made from very costly wood and bronze and iron and marble and cinnamon and spice and incense and perfume and frankincense and wine and olive oil and fine flour and wheat and cattle and sheep and cargoes of horses and chariots and slaves and human lives. And the fruit you long for has gone from you and all things that were luxurious and splendid have passed away from you and men will no longer find them. The merchants of these things who became rich from her will stand at a distance because of the fear of her torment, weeping and mourning, saying, Woe, woe, the great city, she who was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, for in one hour such great wealth has been laid waste. And every shipmaster and every passenger and sailor and as many as make their living by the sea stood at a distance and were crying out as they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, what city is like the great city? And they threw dust on their heads and were crying out, weeping and mourning, saying, Woe, woe, the great city in which all who had ships at sea became rich by her wealth, for in one hour she has been laid waste. Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you saints and apostles and prophets, because God has pronounced judgment for you against her. And a strong angel took up a stone like a great millstone, and threw it into the sea, saying, Thus will Babylon, the great city, be thrown down with violence, and will not be found any longer. And the sound of harpists, and musicians, and flute players, and trumpeters will not be heard in you any longer, 
and no craftsman of any craft will be found in you any longer. And the sound of a mill will not be heard in you any longer. And the light of a lamp will not shine in you any longer. And the voice of the bridegroom and the bride will not be heard in you any longer. For your merchants were the great men of the earth, because all the nations were deceived by your sorcery. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all who have been slain on the earth. If the previous chapter about Babylon could be described as describing Babylon's false religion and therefore breaking the first part of the Ten Commandments, this chapter, chapter 18, could be described as describing uh, the immorality, the sensuality, the pleasure-seeking, the luxury, the wealth, the pursuit of wealth, the theft, the covetousness of Babylon. The, the ethical problems of Babylon, in other words, could be described here. And the downfall, because of their idolatry in chapter 17 and their immorality of chapter 18, God pronounces judgment and brings about judgment, the punishment, the ultimate punishment, that will not be reversed. We saw the refrain many times, such and such will not be found in Babylon any longer, any longer, any longer, because this will be the final blow. God will destroy all of the immorality and the idolatry of Babylon. That's the point of this chapter. And the reasons for their destruction are given at the end of the chapter and also a call to rejoice in what God has done in bringing about vindication, justice, and righteousness to evil Babylon. And by way of reminder, we need to know again that Babylon could be ancient Rome. That is one major interpretation. Another interpretation is a rebuilt Babylon on the Euphrates River in the future that is rebuilt and becomes the center of this idolatry and immorality. Or as I take it in this, uh, in this book and in this chapter, it is maybe better to take it in the idealistic way or the recapitulation way, and that is that this is describing how false religions and false acquisition of wealth and the idolatry of wealth has become a stronghold for many nations, many cities, many people, individuals even. And that will all one day come to rubbish. It will be a big rubbish heap. God will destroy it and burn it all up. And no more will we pursue those things. Only will we know God and worship Him forever. Now, let's review the chapter, beginning at verse 1. After he saw that the kings of the earth turned against Babylon, Babylon the harlot, the sorcerer, the, the idolater, he says, he sees another vision and another angel. Verse 1, After these things I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illumined with his glory. Another angel from heaven comes down. Therefore, because the angel comes from heaven, he is a heavenly messenger, sent by God to declare this message. And he's got great authority. He has great authority because he's from heaven and God has granted him to have this authority and to pronounce this judgment. He's also illumined with glory. Illumined with glory. Whatever comes out from the presence of God has glory and that glory radiates onto other people. This is true in the book of Exodus. In Exodus 33 and 34, 
Moses entered the tent of meeting where God was. The Shekinah glory of God was in the tent of meeting. Moses came out of it with that glory, some of it, and it was so bright that the people couldn't look on Moses. This means that Moses met with God, had a message from God, was a man of God, was a holy man, and people better listen to him. In the same way here, people better listen to this message sent from God by this angel from heaven. And notice the message of the angel, verse 2. He cried out with a mighty voice, a loud voice, a strong voice, so that everyone can hear. It's a, a, a message that's so important that everyone must hear it. Therefore, he shouts the, the following. Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. The destruction of Babylon the great. Babylon, no one thought that this great city, powerful and wealthy city that had so much influence on the earth could fall. No one imagined that it could fall. Just like the Tower of Babel. The builders of the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11, they did not think anyone could destroy or undo their project, demolish and and squash what they were doing there. But it happened. God made it happen. And so in the same way, all the major civilizations, all the major cities, all the great kings of the earth will fall, including this great city of Babylon. Now why? And it says, And she has become a dwelling place of demons and a prison of every unclean spirit and a prison of every unclean and hateful bird. Babylon falls because now it's inhabited by demons, unclean spirits, and it's a prison of unclean and hateful birds. All of the unclean birds, vultures, eagles, all of these kinds of birds that are not edible birds, these are the birds that take over this place. The demons take over, and the unclean birds, birds which represent evil, evil people, evil spirits, they take over the city. And this is typically what happens too. When judgment occurs in, in a city, Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel predicted that when Judah fell, and when Jerusalem specifically fell, that God would give them over to the Babylonians, and then whatever dead bodies there were, the, the birds of prey, the wild birds, they would be the ones to come and devour the carcasses of all the people that were strewn across the city. Because this is what God does when he's pronouncing judgment against evil people. And what did Babylon do to deserve this? Verse 3, For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the passion of her immorality, and the kings of the earth have committed acts of immorality with her. And the merchants of the earth have become rich by the wealth of her sensuality. All the nations, that is, all the common people, the kings of the earth, that is, the authorities, the rulers of all the nations, and then the merchants, those businessmen who participate and who use Babylon in order to enrich themselves and in order to pursue wealth and sensuality, pleasure-seeking with all of their wealth and luxury. This is what Babylon did. Babylon promoted it. Babylon justified it. Babylon said peace and safety. Everything will be just fine. Go ahead. This is good. This is right. This is the way to live. Let us eat and drink, they said, for tomorrow we may die. 
This is the reason. They promoted immorality, therefore they deserve to be punished for the sins that they promoted. Because they didn't keep it to themselves, they spread it to everybody else. These kinds of people claim that they are unevangelistic, that they mind their own business, that they do their own thing, live and let live, but that's not true. The people who practice this kind of evil, they actually want to spread it. They won't leave people alone. And many times they will ram it down our throats. Verse 4. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that you may not participate in her, in her sins, and that you may not receive of her plagues. For her sins have piled up as high as heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Now the responsibility, the command is given to the people of God, here called my people. This other voice from heaven, again, a voice of authority, the voice coming from heaven itself, says, come out of her. It's not enough that we know that there is a distinction between righteousness and wickedness. We have to act on it. That's why the command is there, come out of her. If you know the difference between righteousness and wickedness, you must not participate, he says that you may not participate in her sins and that you may not receive of her plagues. Don't do her sins and don't be punished as she will be punished. Don't do either. Don't practice sin and don't be susceptible to the punishment of God. Her sins have piled up as high as heaven. This is how immense and enormous are the accumulation of all her sins. They go up as high as heaven. Sometimes in the scriptures, this, the Bible talks about sins going up to God, coming up before Him. This is what was said of Sodom and Gomorrah in Genesis 18, uh, verses 20 and 21, that her sins came up before God. And even Jonah was told that Nineveh's sins have come up before me. Her wickedness has come up before me. Jonah chapter 1 and verse 2. The Bible speaks this way because God is saying he has had enough of their wickedness. What they pile on, God is going to undo and he's going to demolish. This would also be, in a, a way, what happened to, to the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel, they said, let us come, let us make a tower whose top reaches heaven, high. But God comes down, because it's not high enough, he comes down to destroy it and to uh, scatter the people and he, then he makes it into nothing their sins they brought up to God and God brings it down and destroys it and that's what he's doing here even though they pile it up God will remember her iniquities when the Bible says whenever the scripture says that God remembers it doesn't mean that he forgets intellectually or informationally forgets that it's erased from his memory temporarily and then he has an aha moment and says oh I, I forgot such and such and I need to go and do the other it's not the case at all when the Bible says God remembers it means God is ready to act he's ready to act he is ready to act against her iniquities her sins need to be punished and he's about to punish. How so? Verse 6 says, Pay her back even as she has paid, and give back to her double according to her deeds. In the cup which she has mixed, mix twice as much for her, to the degree 
that she glorified herself and lived sensuously to the same degree, give her torment and mourning. For she says in her heart, I sit as queen, and I am not a widow, and will never see mourning. For this reason, in one day her plagues will come, pestilence and mourning and famine, and she will be burned up with fire, for the Lord God who judges her is strong. Firstly, in verses 6 and 7, we have a just retribution, an equal payment, an equal punishment. We see that explicitly in verse 7. To the degree that she glorified herself and lived sensuously, to the same degree give her torment and mourning. In verse 6, when it says, pay her back and give her double for her deeds, that expression in the Bible, such as Isaiah 40, verse 2, it means that just as they practice sin to the full, God will punish them to the full. It's just a metaphorical way of saying they will receive their full recompense. Their full punishment will come down on their heads. They will get what they deserve. Verse 7, in the more literal sense, to the degree that she glorified herself, to the same degree give her torment. That's the kind of punishment that God will mete out to the wicked. He will give them what they deserve. And what has happened? What did they do? It said in verse 6 that the city has mixed a cup. The city mixed a cup. This is figurative of saying that they put their sins in a cup and they passed the cup on to other people. The other people are all the nations of verse 3, the kings of the earth and the merchants of the earth. The city distributed their sins and made people engrossed in it, intoxicated by those sins. And now what they did to intoxicate other people, God is going to make them real and wobble in punishment. He's going to make them stagger along here and there in punishment. This is what God's going to do. What they did to others, God will cause to happen to them. And notice their boast. Their boast is, I, am, I sit as a queen. I am not a widow and will never see mourning. The city considers herself royalty. The city says, I'm never going to suffer widowhood. I'm never going to lose my husband. I'm never going to lose my children. And I'm not never going to lose all my wealth. Often that's what happens when one loses a husband. In real life, one loses wealth. And so a widow is often poor. So she's saying, that kind of thing is never going to happen to me. I'm a great city. I'm a wealthy city. I'm a powerful city. I will never see mourning. I will never cry. I'm not going to have a sad day. It's always going to be fun and games. It's always going to be luxury and life. I'm going to live it up to the full. That's what, that's what I will experience always. No one will ever take it away from me. But God will bring p plagues, pestilence, mourning, and famine. These are all indicative of judgment. And what is the judgment? She will be burned up with fire, she will be tormented, and she will mourn. In that place, Jesus said, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There will be torment, just as the rich man was in Hades and he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and he cries out for relief. This is the kind of torment that awaits Babylon the Great and all who associate with her. And how can this be? Even though Babylon was great and strong, 
in a human sense and relatively speaking between one nation and another, between one city and another, between one king and another, but before God, the Lord God who judges her is strong. He's the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords. Nobody's going to overcome him, but God will overcome all of his enemies and give them what they deserve. That's why he is called God Almighty in Revelation 1 and verse 8. He's called God Almighty. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. And this is repeated several times in the book. God is stronger than any human, and any number of humans, and any number of demons, and even the devil himself. Verse 9. And the kings of the earth who committed acts of immorality and lived sensuously with her will weep and lament over her when they see the smoke of her burning, standing at a distance because of the fear of her torment, saying, Woe, woe, the great city, Babylon, the strong city, for in one hour your judgment has come. The people who see that Babylon has fallen, the people who participated in her sins, are going to stand at a distance because they see the smoke of her burning. They're going to be terrified, frightened to death when they see this punishment. And they will say, whoa, whoa. This is another way of expressing grief and, and sorrow for the great city Babylon because they call it here the strong city. They also were duped. Just as Babylon was duped into self-deception, thinking that they would never be overcome. The people who follow and participate with Babylon the Great were also duped. They never thought that it could fall either. They call it the strong city. But then amazingly, because of the power of God, in one hour, in just a moment, their judgment came and they were gone. Verse 11. And the merchants of the earth weep and mourn over her because no one buys their cargoes anymore. Not only is it the kings of the earth who were participating, according to verse 3, the merchants of the earth were participating in these sins, according to verse 3, and now the merchants are weeping and mourning. They stand at a distance, and they see what happens to Babylon the Great. All of these rich, luxurious articles of trade, what everybody wants to have, are listed right there in verses 12 and 13, 12 and 13, these rich articles are listed here. This is the way people indulge. This is the way people live in luxury and they desire these things above God. They don't desire to love God and use these things, but they desire to love these things and use God, use the name of God and pretend to be followers of God. But here, what they considered their source of, of wealth and, and luxury and what was really their idol, all of that is taken away. The idols that they worshipped, all of these possessions, are taken away from them in just an hour, in just a moment of time. Notice how it, it disappears. Verse 14, And the fruit you long for has gone from you, and all things that were luxurious and splendid have passed away from you, and men will no longer find them. The things that they long for, they won't find them. They're gone. It was here today, but it's gone tomorrow. 
Just as Jesus said, the thief breaks in and steals. The moth comes and he destroys the clothing. The rust destroys the precious metals. That's what happens on the earth. And this is what happens here. Ultimately and finally, God will remove all of this from people who long for these things. Verse 15, The merchants of these things who became rich from her will stand at a distance because of the fear of her torment, weeping and mourning, saying, Woe, woe, the great city, she who was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, for in one hour such great wealth has been laid waste. And every shipmaster and every passenger and sailor and as many as make their living by the sea stood at a distance and were crying out as they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like the great city? And they threw dust on their heads and were crying out, weeping and mourning, saying, Woe, woe, the great city, in which all who had ships at sea became rich by her wealth, for in one hour she has been laid waste. The merchants of the earth, they also stand at a distance. They see the torment, and because of the fear of her torment, they weep and mourn. And verse 16, they also exclaim, Woe, woe, the great city. This great city was clothed with all of these uh, ornaments of jewelry and all of the precious clothing, expensive clothing. They were clothed with these. And these merchants were the ones that provided them. They were the ones that profited from them. They were the ones who benefited from them. But they realized that in one hour, verse 17, such great wealth has been laid waste. They thought they had it all. The merchants did. And they were dealing with Babylon the Great this way, but it's all gone. It's all gone. The shipmasters, the passengers, the sailors, whoever makes their living by the sea, stood at a distance, crying out as they saw the smoke of her burning. What city is like the great city? It's such an amazing sight that this great city fell that they have to exclaim, how could this happen? What city was so great like this that it could fall like this? How could that ever be possible? You'll notice, too, that the merchants of the sea are highlighted here. Isn't it often that if you're going to have something expensive, something that's rare, something that's coveted in normal trade and business, it's usually a foreign product. It's usually a foreign product, foreign jewelry, Foreign, uh, foreign wine, uh, foreign cars, whatever it might be, something that's foreign from a distant country, especially across the ocean, that's what we want. That's what we covet. Every country does that. Every country has people who do that. They want the more expensive items coming from an exotic place. And these people who traded in these exotic items, these are the ones who are the most appalled. They saw it, they handled it with their own hands, but then it all disappeared overnight. Then, verse 20. Verse 20. We have a command. All of this destruction and misery has occurred, but there is a cause for joy. Verse 20. Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you saints and apostles and prophets, because God has pronounced judgment for you against her. Although the kings of the earth, the merchants of the earth, and all the nations of the earth are mourning, they're frightened by what has happened to Babylon the Great, 
What happens to Babylon the Great because of her wickedness? The righteous people, we who are in heaven, saints, apostles, and prophets, are supposed to rejoice. We're supposed to celebrate. We're supposed to thank God for what He has done. Because God has pronounced judgment for you against her. Judgment for you against her. In earlier chapters, the saints prayed for this to happen. And now it is happening. What was prayed for, first prayed in Revelation 6, 9 to 11. How long, O Lord, holy and true, will you refrain from judging and avenging our blood upon those who dwell on the earth? God told them to rest for a little while, and now the time has come to rejoice in the defeat of Babylon the Great. Heaven, that is, the angels of heaven, and perhaps also the people of heaven, and also you saints, apostles, and prophets, because God has pronounced judgment for you against her. Verse 21. And a strong angel took up a stone, like a great millstone, and threw it into the sea, saying, Thus will Babylon the great city be thrown down with violence, and will not be found any longer. We have here a strong angel having to lift up a huge object, which uh, a, a one man can, cannot lift a heavy millstone. And so the strong angel is the one who does it. And this heavy millstone, which obviously, when it is thrown into the sea, will sink. It will not float at all. It will immediately sink, representing the fact that Babylon the Great will be thrown down with violence. Immediately, suddenly, definitively, it will sink. It will go down and will not be found any longer. We will not see it. It will disappear from the face of the earth. 22. The sound of harpists, musicians, flute players, trumpeters will not be heard in you any longer. Those instruments that are used for happiness, for joy, for pleasure, for revelry, for drunken parties, for orgies, and all the kinds of wicked things that people do, those things will not be there any longer. It will all go away. The people will not be able to sing. Not the people of the earth, the people who know God will, verse 20, we will rejoice, and in chapter 19, we will be singing hallelujah. In the first part of chapter 19, we will be doing that, but not these people. Their instruments will be gone, and they will have no voice because of their terror. They will have no voice to sing anymore. Not only that, but no craftsman, verse 22, of any craft will be found in you any longer, and the sound of a mill will not be heard in you any longer. Those items of trade, those products, will not be produced, will not be sold, will not be useful, will not be used anymore, because the earth will pass away, and all things in it. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words shall not pass away. We are, we are looking for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. These kinds of things will not be there anymore, because God will burn everything up by fire and intense heat, as Peter says in 2 Peter 3. 23. And the light of a lamp will not shine in you any longer signifying darkness. 
There's only darkness and misery. People are going to be groping and searching and desperate and frightened in the dark because there won't be any lamp anymore. No more grooms singing, no more brides singing, no more happiness because that is the height of happiness in human life is when there is husband and wife at the wedding. That is the, the supreme way of expressing happiness and that's not going to be there anymore. For your merchants were the great men of the earth because all the nations were deceived by your sorcery. Babylon the Great used the merchants. They became the great men of the earth. Usually a great man is one who is powerful in wealth and influence. These merchants with powerful wealth and influence, they participated with Babylon to do evil and to deceive the nations by sorcery, by witchcraft, by idolatry, by deceiving people, by soothsaying, telling them pleasant and soothing words and making them think, making them believe, be deceived that everything is fine around the corner. Everything is fine the next day. Everything will be fine in 10 years, in 100 years. Nothing will happen. But that's not true. People who say that are sorcerers. People who pr promote that are deceived. People who believe it are deceived. That's not true. Verse 24. What basically happens or, or did Babylon do? Verse 24. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all who have been slain on the earth. She, Babylon the Great, slew prophets and saints. And perhaps this phrase at the end, all who have been slain on the earth, is a way to reiterate and emphasize the prophets and the saints. Prophets and those who have that office, like prophets and apostles, and then the saints. All of us generally. We who have been slain were slain by Babylon the Great, and she deserves to be punished. She shed blood, so her blood should be shed. Going back to Genesis chapter 9, verse 6. Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. And in this case, with the final judgment, it will be God who executes this judgment. She will make sure that there is a just recompense for the blood of the martyrs. The blood of the martyrs will keep crying out until God vindicates them. Just as the blood of Abel kept crying out from the ground, so the blood of all the prophets and saints until God brings about our vindic vindication. This is what happens to Babylon the Great. Babylon the Great who practices immorality. May we come out of her. May we not practice what she practices. And may we warn others not to practice this. May we make a distinction between the righteous and the wicked. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says. Amen.